0: Episode 3, Chapters 4 and 5 of Half a Chance by Cynthia Lord. This recording is made with permission by Scholastic. Chapter 4, Heading Home Waving out to the pink kayak, bobbing in the knee-high water next to the dock, I didn't think this looked easy at all. Maybe the loons have a baby now, Grandma Lila said from the dock. There was an egg. There are two eggs this year, Emily said. Last year the loons only laid one, but this year they have two. She smiled. I noticed a space between her front teeth, smaller than Nate's, but they're just the same. I was glad for that little gap because when I first saw her, I wasn't sure if Emily would be nice. She had dark blonde hair, parted on the side, and looked like the kind of cool older girl who was good at every sport and doesn't have to try hard to be pretty. Those girls don't usually talk to me, unless they have to. But Emily had said, great, when Nate told her I was coming, like she really meant it. And when Nate asked if we should invite Megan, Emily said, not today, There are only three kayaks and Lucy's our new neighbor. I want to get to know her too. Then I liked her even more. The loons have two eggs? Grandma Lila said, how wonderful. Did you write that down? Yes, Nate tipped the clipboard to show me the volunteer casual site survey form. We fill this out every time we check on the loons. The loon preservation committee wants to know the weather And if the water was choppy or calm, then we write down how many loons we saw and what they were doing. Every day, Grandma Lila said, we must check on them every day. Pretty much, Emily whispered to me. Write down the time you start, Grandma Lila said. I know, I filled out all the beginning stuff like I always do. He looked a little annoyed as he handed Grandma Lila the clipboard. We'll tell you everything we saw when we get back." He picked up a long, double-ended kayak paddle off the dock. Okay, Lucy, hop in, and then I'll give you a paddle and push you off. Hop in? I ran my thumb over the corner of my camera. It would be safer if I left it on the dock, but being loved with the water might make some awesome photos. It would give a sense of being right there across the lake came a throaty howl. That's the loon's whale, Grandma Lila said. The first one calls, I'm here, where are you? And the second one answers, I'm here. I heard that sound this morning, he said. Have you heard them tremolo? Grandma Lila asked. They tremolo when they're threatened, like this. Nate looked horrified as his grandma made a sound like a long, wobbly laugh, but I grinned. Lucy, it's easiest if you straddle the kayak first, Emily said. Watch me. I'd given up on looking cool when I put on the fat orange life vest and slathered sunscreen all over my face, arms, and legs, but I didn't want to make a total fool of myself. Don't think about it, Emily said, throwing her leg over her own kayak in the water. You just have to do it. Grandma Lila can hold your camera while you get in. I handed my camera to Grandma Lila. Oh, I wish I could show you how, she said, but if I sat down there, I could never get up. These knees don't work like they used to. Lifting one leg slowly across the kayak to the water on the other side, I felt like I was climbing on a pink wiggly horse. Now just sit, Emily said. I landed inside with a thump my knees sticking up and the kayak swaying scarily side to side. When I finally stopped jiggling, I lifted my legs one at a time out of the water and into the kayak. Grandma Lila handed me my camera, but I wasn't sure where to put it. So I tucked it down the front of my life vest. Getting in's the hardest part. Nate held a paddle out to me. Then he gave me a big push. I clamped my teeth together it would be tippy as the kayak glided ahead I let myself relax a little The lake was flat with only the tiniest breeze creasing the surface I watched Emily dipping her paddle first on one side then on the other dip pull other side dip pull The paddle in the water made a soothing music together. Splish, splash. Splish, splash. I felt a shiver of excitement to feel the kayak cutting through the water. The whole lake opened to me. The morning sun slanted gold, making the pink of my kayak stand out warm and vibrant against the dark blue water and green trees on the far side of the lake. I imagined Dad beside me. It's pretty, he would say. Pretty isn't enough for a great photograph. Show me why I care. What's the story? It was hard to balance the paddle across the front of the kayak and then hold still enough to keep everything in focus with the camera. As Soon as I stopped, the kayak began turning gently to a different view, like it had a plan of its own but I managed to get some shots with the nose of my kayak in the foreground and Nate's cottage in the background. The person viewing the photo would feel like they were paddling for home. That was the story, heading home. Dad always says that what you choose to cut out of the frame is as important as what you leave in. So I tried a different story. I took a few strokes to be facing the woods and zoomed in tighter so there were only trees and no cottages, making the scene look wilder than it really was, like the viewer was completely alone, the only person in the whole world. Nate and Emily were way ahead of me now, so I dropped my camera back inside my life vest and pulled hard on my paddle to catch up. Were you taking a photo for At the Shore? Nate asked as I glided up beside him. Lucy's doing a photo contest, he told Emily. It's like a scavenger hunt, only instead of finding things, you take photos. No, but I got one of your cottage that might work for heading home, I said. So what would you buy with the prize money if you won, Nate asked. Should I tell him that Dad was the judge, that I really couldn't enter? Nate seemed to think it was fun taking photos with me, and if we weren't doing the contest, maybe we wouldn't have anything to do together. New friendships break pretty easily if something goes wrong at the beginning. Maybe two new bikes, I said, pulling ahead, so me and my dad could go riding together this fall. Well, if I had $500, I'd buy a swimming pool for my yard back home, Nate said, pitching up to me. And if there was any money left over, I'd buy all the pizza I could and invite my friends over. Well, that sounds fun. You don't need a swimming pool, Nate said, because you'll have the lake all year round. I sounded envious. You know more about the lake than I do, I said. We've lived lots of places, but this is my first time on a lake. Well, you should have a photo on your first time kayaking, Emily said. Yeah, I'll take your picture, Nate said. Hold your paddle out to me. No, that's okay, I said. But he kept his hand out so I held my paddle towards him. He pulled us together close enough so I could pass him my camera. For all the photos I take, I hate having mine taken. Still, it wasn't too hard to smile. A woman waved to us as she paddled by, by in a light blue kayak with a white bitch and frieze wearing a pink life jacket in the kayak with her. This dog looked so happy. It made me wish Ansel were tucked into my kayak with me. Except he'd probably tip us both over trying to get back to shore. Hi, Mrs. Rigby, Emily called. Hi, Zoe. You should bring Ansel kayaking with us sometime. Nate matched his jokes to mine. Wait, I have a great idea. If you win the contest, you could get Ansel a super swanky doghouse. I laughed. Ansel would rather live with me, so it would have to be a kid and doghouse. But he would like the super swanky part. I wish we could have a dog, Nate said. My dad's allergic, plus my parents are both teachers, so no one's home all day to take care of it. What do your parents teach? I dipped my paddle and pulled hard, trying to stay next to Nate and Emily. Mom teaches second grade, but my dad teaches science at the same middle school where I go. Nate rolled his eyes. He'll be my teacher next year. It'll be awful, Nate, Emily assured him. You'll have to remember to call on Mr. Bailey in school. And when I had Dad for science, he was harder on me than anybody else. And when you're running errands with him and he sees something related to what he's taught you, you'll have to hear about it, too. She sat up extra straight and made her voice sound like a teacher's. Look, Nate, here's a great example of electromagnetism in action. Nate groaned. Maybe having my dad at school every day would be too much of a good thing, but I couldn't help thinking that Nate was lucky. What do your parents do, Lucy? Emily asked. Well, my mom's a computer programmer, but she has several clients and works mostly from home, I said, and my dad um, takes photos. Actually, he's on his way to Arizona today. There's some rare insect that needs protecting there, and he's gonna take photos of it for a conservation magazine. That's cool. Most people want to get rid of bugs, not save them, Nate said. I smiled. Glad he thought that was cool. Dad always says that if you can get people to care about the little things, they'll care about the big things too. As we glided along, people waved to us from their yards. I tried to wave back, but every time I stopped paddling, my kayak turned and I'd have to take a few extra strokes to get going the right way again. A few cottages on, I saw Megan outside. I slowed down to wave. She didn't. So I concentrated on making my strokes look good, like I knew what I was doing. Nate, what did you say to Megan? She looks mad, Emily said. Nate waved to Megan. I didn't say anything. Maybe it was me that Megan was mad at because I was kayaking with her friends and she wasn't. I moved my thumb from one side of the paddle to the other. I could feel blisters coming. The front of my shoulders and my biceps felt sore too, but I didn't want Megan to know. I needed to stop and rest. Dip and pull. Dip and pull. Far from shore, the water was dark blue and deep. I'd never been way out in the middle of a lake before, and I hadn't known we would go this far. Felt tingly to be way out in the middle, like I was somewhere people didn't really belong. I was getting the hang of kayaking. Moving along felt effortless, like floating. Emily lifted her legs out and over the sides of so her feet could dangle in the water. I managed to kick off my flip flops and get one foot out. The water felt silky cold on the bottom of my foot. I slipped my other foot out and over the edge too. And as I paddled, the water slid along under my feet like they were surfing over it. Ahead in the cove on the other side of the lake, dragonflies zipped over the water, crisscrossing and weaving like tiny helicopters on a search and rescue mission. As we got closer to a group of little islands, something frilly brushed my toes and I pulled my feet back into the kayak. It was probably just a weed, but it still felt creepy to be touched by something I couldn't see. The loons always nest somewhere on these islands, Emily said. It's great when we get a loon chick on the lake and he makes it. It's even better when there are two. Last year, the loons only laid one egg and it didn't hatch, Nate told me. The loon preservation committee sent someone to take the egg away to find out why it didn't develop. The person said they didn't always learn why, though. It just happens sometimes. It was horrible, Emily said. When the guy took the egg, the loons called and called. Afterwards, the female went back to the empty nest and lay there flat with her wings spread out. Grandma Lila took it really hard. Nate said, Mom will make us all go home if it happens again. They don't hatch this year. Maybe we should pretend they just did. We can't lie to Grandma Lila all summer, Emily said. She'll figure it out. And when she looks through the binoculars and there are never any babies, dipping my paddle, I moved slowly behind them, watching the little whirlpools formed by their strokes go past. On my next stroke, my paddle hit something soft, a sudden splash, and a loon surfaced right next to my kayak. He turned his head to look at me with his brick red eye. he let out a piercing cry filled with wildness. He startled me so much I screamed and dropped my paddle. Would he rush at me? Up close, he was bigger than I expected. Magnificent and strange. A velvety black head, a sharp tapered bill, a band of white strips around his neck and a windowpane pattern on his wings like he was dressed up for a fancy concert wearing a striped necktie and checkered vest. The loon swam quickly away from me, his head turning side to side. I yanked my camera out of my life vest and started shooting without even taking a second to check my settings. My hands were trembling, but I clicked and clicked. The loon rolled forward, diving under the water with barely a splash. I couldn't move, not even to breathe. I should have tried putting the camera near the water. I just couldn't think fast enough. Wow, Nate said, handing me back my paddle. He must not have looked before he headed for the surface. They don't usually come that close. You okay? I let my breath go. I'm fine, I said. But it was bigger and more complicated than that. The loon had stared straight at me, and I had looked back. It was scary. But I wished with all my heart he would do it again. That was the male, Nate said. Only the males yodel. Figures, huh, Lucy, Emily said. The boys are the loudmouths. I scanned the water, watching for the balloon to come up again he finally did, he was far, far away. Their nest is on that first tiny island, Emily said. I could see the female on it. That must be why he was so super upset. Paddling closer, I could see a few scraps of land poking up out of the water. A little breeze moved the grasses and a nest of vegetation and bottom muck was piled near a small island's edge. On the heap, A white ball of the loon's chest showed up first, and then her black head above those spotted wings. Wow, if I hadn't known where to look, I wouldn't have even seen her, I said. Loons can't really walk, Nate said. Their legs are set too far back on their bodies, which is perfect for swimming, but awful for walking, so they have to build their nests right at the edge. I leaned over the front of my kayak to get near the water. I zoomed in as tight as my camera could go. I wish I could get closer, Nate said, but we're not supposed to annoy her. Do you see any eggs? Emily asked. What do they look like? I asked. Well, they're pretty big. Emily said, kind of a medium brown with dark speckles through the lens. I watched the loon drop her head low over the edge of her nest, her bill almost touching the water. Her wings shuddered, and she lifted it a little and a little more. On My fifth shot. I caught a glimpse of something between her and the nest. I think so. I said, clicking another shot. She looks mad though. Let's go then. Nate said on the way home, I let Nate and Emily get ahead of me. From this distance, our house looked tiny, but I could see the driveway was empty. Mom and dad were on their way to the airport. I hadn't wanted to go with them, but now I wish I had. I'd send dad a text when I got home, wishing him a good trip and telling him about the loons. Maybe he'd get it before he would get on the plane and could even text me back. As I paddled, I heard the haunting wail behind me. I'm here. Where are you? A few seconds later, from another direction, I'm here. chapter five at the shore you wouldn't believe what happened emily said as i followed her and nate into the big front room of their cottage a loon almost tipped over lucy's kayak lucy of the loons grandma lila said from the couch i blushed embarrassed that she said that in front of nate's whole family please don't let that nickname stick Lucy lives in the Alexander's old house. She just moved in, Nate said to everyone. Hi, I nodded. The frozen smile on my face as Nate introduced me. His mom smiled kindly at me. His dad nodded over his magazine. Hello, Lucy. Aunt Pat, who looked younger than Nate's parents, waved to me as she talked on her cell phone. And his four-year-old twin cousins, Morgan and Mason, didn't even look up from their toy cars they were rolling along the rows of the big braided rug in front of the fireplace the room was covered in shiny honey colored pine boards running across the ceiling up and down the walls and over the floor it smelled slightly musty a combination of old wood and wool blankets and bacon from breakfast what a nice cottage i said looking at the painted sign over the fireplace welcome to the lake Well, thank you, dear, Grandma Lila said. How do you like New Hampshire, Lucy? Mr. Bailey said. It's good so far. We've only been here a day. Lucy, we must have you and your family over for a cookout some evening soon, Mrs. Bailey said. They were being very nice to me, but I don't like being in the spotlight. It's horrible and itchy to stand in someone else's living room when you don't even know everyone, but they all know each other. Emily had insisted that Grandma Lila would want to see my photos of the loons though. The female loon was on the nest, Emily said. We must record it on the survey, Grandma Lila said. Where's my pen? Don't get up, I'll do it, Nate said. Lucy, show her your photos. Relieved to have something to do, I turned on my camera. I don't know if you'll see much on my camera's little screen. I'll get my laptop, Mr. Bailey said, so we can make it bigger. While we waited for him to come back, I fingered my camera. The only open space to sit down was on the couch next to Grandma Lila, but that had been Mr. Bailey's spot. Aunt Pat pulled her phone away from her ear. Nate, Megan stopped by while you were out. Her family's going to the movies tonight in Conway and she invited you to join them. I said you'd call her. See, I told you Megan wasn't mad at me, Nate said to Emily. Well, she sure looked mad, Emily said. Next to the couch was a bookshelf full of books and framed photos, a black and white wedding photo and another of the cottage being built. There was a group I didn't recognize posed on the cottage's front porch and some newer photos of birthday parties and graduations. At our house, when we hang photos on the walls, they're mostly of places Dad has been. One of Grandma Lila's photos had been taken on the summit of a mountain. I recognized a younger Grandma Lila with a little boy. I stepped closer to to look. Is this you, Nate? That was the first time Nate climbed Cherry Mountain, Grandma Lila said. I have lots of photos of Nate. He's been coming to the lake ever since he was born. Show her the one of Nate swimming in his diaper, Emily said. That's a good one. Nate made a face at her. We climb Cherry Mountain every year, Grandma Lila said. We haven't done it for a few years, Miss Bailey said. It's not an easy climb. Nonsense, Grandma Lila said. We'll go tomorrow. The twins are too young, Aunt Pat said. I'll have to stay here with them. Dad and I have loon patrol tomorrow, Emily said. Grandma Lila looked at me. What do you think? The mountain in the photo looked like a real climb not a little hill. Grandma Lila had said that she had knee troubles when we were getting into the kayaks. How could she climb a mountain? Didn't the rest of the family see that? Maybe I was wrong. Where is Cherry Mountain? I asked to change the subject. It's the pointy mountain that you see across the lake, Emily said. Nine o'clock then. It's best to get an early start, Grandma Lila said. Wear some good shoes. Do we have your phone number? My phone number? in case we need to confer on the weather. When mom had given me my cell phone, she said not to give out my phone number to strangers, but these were our next door neighbors, so it was probably okay. I wrote my cell phone number on the edge of the loon survey form and let go a relieved breath when I saw Nate's dad coming with the laptop. I gave him my camera's memory card. Oh, how pretty. Grandma Lila said as the first photo came on the screen. Birch trees. I blushed to see my lines photo on the screen. Wait, those are older photos. Let me scroll through to the photos of the loon. I didn't want them to see the photo I'd saved of Nate skipping rocks. Lucy's doing a photography contest, Nate said. That's the photo for lines, and our cottage might be the heading home. Show them your list, Lucy. Oh, it's just for fun, really. But Mr. Bailey said he'd like to see, and Miss Bailey nodded. So I pulled the list out of my pocket and passed it around. Well, these are wonderful photos, Lucy, Miss Bailey said, as I showed them the photos I had taken of their cottage from the water. I opened my mouth to tell her about Dad being a famous photographer, but I didn't want to share her praise or have to give it away to Dad. So I just smiled until I saw the next photo. It was the photo Nate had taken of me in the kayak. I looked like some weird half-girl, half-boat creature with everything below my waist inside the kayak. I clicked past it immediately. The first loon photo was a horribly blurry shot of the male. I'm sorry, my hands were shaking, I said. He scared me when he suddenly popped up. The next one was in focus but the loon's black head didn't stand out very well against the dark, muddy greens of the pine and spruce trees reflected in the water. With each photo, the loon was a little farther away, but as he got smaller in the frame, the water around him was only blue, setting off his coloring better. I clicked through the whole series of almost identical shots. He's grand, isn't he? Grandma Lila said. I love his stripes and checkered wings, Mr. Bailey said. You wouldn't think such bold patterns would make for good camouflage, would you? But even the white on his breast has a purpose. It makes it harder for the fish to see him up on the surface. Loons are underwater predators, after all. Emily shot me a look. See, I told you, Lucy, we get science lessons all the time. Mr. Bailey threw a magazine at her playfully. Well, maybe if you remembered my lessons, I wouldn't have to keep giving them. I smiled, even though their happy teasing made my dad feel even more gone. In the next photo, the female loon was on the nest, surrounded by yellow-green grasses and weeds. She had her head tipped down to the side, so close to the water she was almost touching it, watching me with that ruby eye. There was intense emotion in the way she looked ready to come after me if I got one inch closer. Wow, Mr. Bailey said, that's an amazing photo, but it's obvious you kids were too close. Nate was trying to explain how fast it all happened, but I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. The photo was in focus, it had good contrast, but it was so much more than just grass and a bird. The loon's body language was full of feeling and looking at it made me feel it too. I wished I could show this photo to dad and watch his face brighten with excitement. Now there's a story, Lucy, he would say. Don't you think so, Lucy? Nate said, huh? I asked, tearing my eyes away from the screen. I said, that would be a great photo for at the shore, Nate said, you wanted something different, right? That's definitely at the shore. Do you see an egg? grandma lila asked no but i did take a few more i clicked ahead to the next shot the loon had lifted her wings slightly in the photo after that one she had lifted it a little more i'd been shooting so fast it almost looked like animation as i scrolled through in the last photo the loon had shifted even more wait a minute what's that nate asked i clicked the magnifier to enlarge the image A little black head looked out from under her wing. We have a chick! Grandma Lila yelled. Nate! He grinned, hugging her from behind. I know! I'll write it down. That night, after a pizza takeout supper with Mom, the sky was so thick with clouds, you couldn't even see the mountain on the other side of the lake. Like they'd simply vanished. In between unpacking boxes, I sent Dad text messages so he'd have lots to read from me as soon as he landed. The Baileys next door are nice. There are lots of them. I might go mountain climbing tomorrow. Loon patrol was fun. I didn't fall in the lake, but something touched me. Maybe a fish. Part of me burned to send Dad the photo I'd taken of the loon on the nest, but I was afraid he'd just text back, "Wow." that would be the end of it i miss you ansel says wolf how are the rare bugs in arizona the bugs in new hampshire aren't rare at all text me when you get this okay even if you think i'm asleep the wind blowing through my open window felt wet and energizing threatening a thunderstorm i hope dad's plane was far away and he was safely reading or chatting with the person in the airplane seat next to him. Ansel paced around my room with his ears back. Sometimes I think he forgets that he has a home now and will take care of him so he doesn't have to worry about storms. I hoped all the animals outside had found a safe place too. I imagine the squirrels racing for their drays, the chipmunks diving into their burrows, and the loon chicks safe and dry under the adult's wing on the nest. But loons live so much in the water that maybe rain doesn't even bother them. I watched a car pull up next to the Bailey's cottage. The car's headlights lit up the rain as Nate dashed off the porch and into the back seat. The not-so-nice part of me hoped the movie Megan had invited him to would be boring. But even as I thought that, I felt guilty. I hadn't done anything wrong. I just had the feelings that she didn't like me. The shade over my window slapped the screen. Heat lightning lit the sky, followed by a crash of thunder. Ansel ran under my bed. Hey, buddy. Got down on my hands and knees to look at him wedged between the boxes I'd stored down there. His eyes looked huge, and he panted with his tongue out. Are you hiding? I asked. It's okay. It'll be over soon. Come on out. At my voice, his head moved slightly. I could see in his eyes how much he wanted to come to me, but being scared took everything he had. I pulled boxes into the middle of my room until I could fit under the bed with Ansel. It had to be confusing for him to be in a new place with all these new smells and scary sounds. His whole world had turned upside down and he didn't even know why. I lay on my stomach with my legs out into the room, but my head under the bed next to him. It'll be okay. I reached across to run my hand over his shaking back. But with each clap of thunder, Ansel cringed, his ears flattening against his head. I didn't know what to say, so I sang to him. First, I tried row, row, row your boat, but Ansel doesn't like water. So I switched to bingo, except with his name. There was a girl who had a dog, and Ansel was his name, oh, A-N-S-E-L, A-N-S-E-L. A-N-S-E-L-N, Ansel, was his name Mo. And every time I sang his name, Ansel slowed down his panting until the next thunder boom. Lucy! I saw Mom's feet first, then her knees as she knelt down. Finally, her face looked under the bed. I came in to tell you to shut your window. What were you doing? Ansel shaking like a washing machine. Thunder crashed again and his whole body tensed covered his ears. Shhh. Heard the window slide closed and mom lay down on the floor with us. As she rubbed Ansel's face, he licked her finger. It's just thunder, she said. The rain pattered like popcorn popping against the roof. Sent dad some texts. He hasn't answered me yet. What do you think he's doing? I asked. (sighs) Mom sighed. He said he'd call when he was all settled, but it'll be late when he gets there, so probably we'll hear from him tomorrow before he heads off to see his first location. And then he'll be out in the middle of a field or standing in a stream surrounded by mosquitoes and not even noticing that he's totally wrapped up in taking photos or thinking about taking photos. I'm sure he notices the mosquitoes, I said. The photos are more important. Ah, well, said Mom. That's why I'm glad I have an indoor job. I don't think I could ever forget about the mosquitoes. But Dad wouldn't do well with my life either. He needs more than that. He needs more than us, I added in my head. We lay on the floor listening to the rain until the thunder finally stopped and Ansel fell asleep against my arm.